As always, we want to thank our sponsor, the Norden Group of Salt Lake City. Why do portfolios of large institutions, endowments, and pensions look so different than the portfolios of high net worth individuals and families? The philosophy at the Norden Group is that you should invest your portfolio like an institution. This approach leads to complete transparency. Some key questions to ask yourself. What do I really own? How much am I paying in fees? What costs am I paying that are not disclosed? Would I be better off in a low-cost index fund? At the Norden Group, we conduct what is called a portfolio audit, which can help reveal these and other important details. Call us to set up your appointment. And as always, if you folks have you know seven or eight figures worth of investable wealth, um, these are the guys that you want in your corner. These are honest, ethical professionals who can help you at every step along the way. Uh, they're the allies that you need on your side. Investment advisor services offered through Townsquare Capital LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. Townsquare is not affiliated with any other named entity. Are, are you familiar with the Iceman Cometh race? Okay, I've actually heard of it. I've heard it's kind of a bucket list race for a lot of people. And it's really hard, and I guess it's really cold. Isn't it like in Wisconsin or it's something? In, it's in Michigan, I believe. Michigan, um, yeah, same thing. It, it's, it's kind of, I mean, it's big because it's a cool event, but it's also big because it's like the last mountain bike race of the year. You know, like, like I mean, I guess it, there may be stuff going on in the South or whatever, but like, you know, um, it kind of marks the end of the mountain bike season. Um, it's really famous for, like you said, being cold. And then it's, there's that, the finish. Have you, you've maybe seen videos of it on, on Instagram. Honestly, I haven't. I've okay. just heard people talk about it. Finishes it. up like this really steep, just straight line. And it kind of lends itself to like sprint finishes, crazy, all the pros sprinting up this ridiculously steep hill. Um, really, really cold. Uh, is it just for pros? Is it for amateurs as it's, well? It's kind of open. I, I was reading okay. a thing that said like 5,000 people did it this year. Oh, wow. Um, right. Yeah. That's huge. Um, but I wanted to throw out, a, a really cool thing a uh, friend of uh, the Draper family and the Utah cycling community uh, Braden Johnson got second at this race oh my gosh behind Alexi Vermeulen you remember Braden Johnson right oh yeah Braden Johnson is I, I think it would probably be fair to say the best rider to ever come out of Utah Nika other than Haley Batten other than Keegan too and Ke oh that's right I forget about Keegan yeah. but he I think is, is kind of getting up there in that in the stratosphere of, of yeah. the Keegan Swenson Haley Batten, um, you know, kind of like like alumni, Utah Nico alumni that we're like really proud of. Um, and he beat Riley Amos. That's insane. Which is insane, right? And it's like, um, it's, it, I don't know, it, it's cool to see like a kid that like, I, I used to go and ride with and stuff. And he was, he and Andrew were always like tearing up their whatever division they happened to be racing. And, and the Johnson family moved uh, to Colorado a few years ago, but just had to shout him out because this kid is, you know, he kind of exemplifies all of the like training, um, all of the right things to do training wise that we're always talking about. And it shows because he's mm -hmm. at World Cups and, you know, throws down. So shout out to Braden Johnson. Um, super cool, huh? Oh, yeah, that's super awesome. He's, you know, Braden is just probably one. He just is an artist on the bike. He really is. like, And he has a very distinctive style. He really does. Yeah, uh, you could show me like a silhouette of him riding, and I could I could tell you it's him. And um, we've known him from when he was like a teeny teeny tiny kid. Didn't he have like some catalog bike that he'd ride on? Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Was, I don't, yeah. Yeah. So cool. Shout out to Brayden. I don't know if Brayden listens to this, but I doubt know. it. I doubt it. Yeah. Uh, that was cool. And then, um, of course, we're gonna we're gonna do another. We're ready for another another quiz. I have a fun quiz gimmick for you this time. Oh yeah, these are so fun. These are so well, they're fun for everyone but you, um, <laughs> which is fine by me. Um, 
so in the world of cycling, uh, you, you, I mean, I guess in the sport, world of sport broadly, you have to have sponsors, right? Sponsors make everything happen, right? You don't, you exactly. don't make money doing this sport. Um, shout out Reyes Psych and all and all of our sponsors. 30, I was actually many, just thinking of that. How too. many sponsors do we have right now? We have a ton, and, and Maybird wouldn't exist without our sponsors. Like we, there, there's just no way we could do this without our sponsors. Thank and, you for your money. Please give us more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We could not do this without them. Yeah. Shout out. Shout out to all our sponsors. But um, there are a lot of sponsors in the world of cycling, mostly in the road world. Um, my observation is that in the mountain bike world, it's it's mostly bike companies that are doing the sponsoring. But in the world of, of road and cyclocross, and even a little bit on the gravel scene now, there are a lot of companies that have nothing to do with cycling um, that sponsor some of the biggest teams. And I'm curious to see if the sponsorship is working and if you can tell me at least what these companies are, okay? Okay. Okay. So, uh, are you familiar with uh, Quick Step? I, Road Team. I am. You, okay, right. Um, they're one. They're kind of they. They own the classics, right? They're they're, they're the big classics team, Belgian team. Um, they've been called a lot of different things. They were Edix Quick Step and Decoding Quick Step and Quick Step Alpha Vinyl. They've been called a lot of different things, but Quick Step has sponsored this team as long as I think I've been alive. Do you know what Quick Step is? Oh my gosh! Do I know what Quick Step is? I think the answer is no, but no. I, I want to see you kind of. <clears throat> you want to see me guess? Yeah, it's well, actually, Joe, you probably don't know this, but it's a ladder company. It's a ladder company. Let's actually do this, where you tell me what they are, and then I tell you what they actually are. A ladder, because that's clever. I was say maybe a, a dance studio. <laughs> yeah, um, it's an Irish dance. It's an studio. Irish dancing studio that sponsors <laughs> a giant cycling team. Uh, no, they do flooring. Oh, they do flooring. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and I looked. It's mostly a European thing, but like you know, like if you if you're like you know want to redo the floors in your house, you get like quick step floors. Okay. That, there you go. Right. That's uh, kind of fun. Uh, here's another one. Uh, Yumbo. Yumbo Visma. You've you, which you've heard of. Winners of the Tour de France this year. Um, uh, do you know what Yumbo is? Okay, I've got two guesses. Okay. Okay. I just for some reason it would be really fun to say it's a shrimp company. <laughs> <clears throat> I don't okay. Yumbo shrimp. Yum, yumbo shrimp. Okay, but it's probably not that. So I'm going to guess it's an oil company. It's an oil company. Good guess. Uh, no, it's a supermarket chain in the Netherlands. Oh, okay. Right? Isn't that funny that like like supermarket <clears throat> chains can sponsor? Like you'd never get that in the US. Like there's no way. <laughs> like Smith's Factory Racing or something or what are the other ones? Like, like the, the Albertson Pro Team. What are the other grocery stores here? So can you get like Yumbo generic chips from the... Probably like Yumbo brand stuff. Uh, maybe they have like, it, but it's it's like Dutch. So I don't know. Should we do a Dutch joke here? None of our listeners are Dutch that I know of. Yumbo generic cookies or something. I don't know what they... Dutchy. They probably... I should throw it. There's also, it's Yumbo Visma. It's another sponsor. This one's not as exciting. Visma, any, any guesses? It's a software company. Woo. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, skipping on uh, from that, uh, EF, EF Education First. Okay. Uh, you should know what this okay. one is. I think I do, okay. actually. Yeah, which is the, the, the cool Cannondale team with Lachlan Morton, cool yeah. Rafa kits, fun videos. What is they always education? have like the coolest kits or whatever. Right, exactly, of. yeah. Okay, I think I know this one. Okay. Isn't it like a company that does field trips for students or something? Yeah, like yes, essentially. It's an education travel company. And you know this because we went to Washington, D.C., and every single adolescent on the planet was there with an EF tour 
and they reminded me why I don't ever want to have kids. It was the most annoying thing I've ever seen. Like every single place we went was packed with the most obnoxious kids all wearing EF shirts. Like this makes sense why they have to sponsor like a cool cycling team because the public's exposure to these people is almost universally negative, I'd imagine, you know. Um, but yeah, they just do like education trips. Yeah, that's which cute. is kind of an odd. I don't know if you do it through your school or whatever, but the, the, um, that can bring in enough money to sponsor a bike team, like one of the biggest bike teams. Oh yeah, they must oh, be actually funny enough. Not one of the biggest bike teams. One of the smallest bike teams in terms of oh, budget. Okay, in, or historically it has been. Then they um, just have good marketing. I guess. Oh, they have excellent market. That team's a marketing machine. I don't remember the last major thing. I mean, they had um, they won Flanders in I think 2019 with Alberto Betiol. And I, I can't think... Uh, they've got Nelson Palace, who's like... Oh, yeah, he's... Yeah, okay. Nelson Palace is super cool. Um, first Native American to ride the tour, I think I'm correct okay. in saying. Does his sister ride for them, too? No, she ride. Who does she ride for? Shana? Sh- Shana, Shana? I think Shana, Shana? Palace. Shana? Okay. Who do, I don't know if she rides. We'll, we'll issue a correction later. Um, well, yeah, okay. speaking of corrections... Yes. Oh, wait, no, never mind. Remind Co- me I need cor- to do okay, a correction wait, 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 after. That's a big, okay. important correction. Uh, okay. Okay, uh, we'll, we'll go to the next one. Uh, Matthew van der Poel, do you know who he writes for? Starts with an A. And ends with... Uh, Canyon? Oh, gosh. Uh, Alpecin. You've heard oh, of that, right? I haven't heard of that. You either. haven't heard... Okay, so it used to be Alpecin Phoenix. He rides Phoenix. a Canyon, though, right? Correct, Dan. Yeah, okay. He does ride a Canyon. It used to be Alpecin Phoenix. This year it's going to be Alpecin de Koenig. Um But Alpecin, do you know what they... Because they've also... They've sponsored... They're a bank. A, good guess. No, do you want to take another guess? You will not guess what they do. They are... A restaurant chain that that does what that does food. Gosh, Dan, it's like I'm giving you layups here. No, Alpecin makes caffeinated shampoo. Oh, okay. What? Like you're remembering this now? This is not. No, like, I've heard of caffeinated shampoo before. Have though. you? Is that yeah. a thing? No, I've heard about it. I heard it like if you're balding, it helps your hair grow. Is I do, because of the caffeine? Yeah, I think Does so. Does caffeine have like? I think caffeine topically helps you grow hair. So like, if you if I drink Rogaine, will it keep me up at night? Like, what is is it is it like? No, I don't think Rogaine's caffeine. It's like what? a different <laughs> drug that does something similar, but probably better. Um, yeah, I think you just rub caffeine on your head, and, it, <laughs> and hair will grow. Like you should put some. Who's your, the guy that figured that out? Like some bald dude just showering, spills some coke on his head, and he feels some stubble. He's like, oh, "Wait a minute!" A business was born. He's like, "Let's sponsor a cycling team." <laughs> That's how, yeah. That's exactly how it happened, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, last one we'll do here today. Well, um, this is a lot. Just one more. Okay. We're doing this. Like, we're, well, let's let's we're ten minutes in here. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, Ineos. You you know Ineos, formerly Team yes. Sky. Yes, I know this one. Do you know they're, what is Ineos? They're an oil company. Close. They're technically a petrochemical company. Same um, thing. Same thing. Kind of a controversial one, sort of a greenwashing <clears throat> sort of deal going on there. But that is a huge. I didn't realize how big. It's like the fourth biggest petrochemical company in the world. And it's like I, I guess like Team Sky was going to go under basically because Sky, the British media company, pulled out and nobody wanted to pay as much. Like their yeah, their, Sky had a big budget. Oh yeah, their budget is is still I think the biggest. And and Ineos just like my understanding is just like a drop in the bucket for them. And they sponsor like a bunch of crazy like they do like they have like a sailing team, a whole bunch of other wild stuff. Um, but yeah, there we go. But do um, they offer a caffeinated shampoo? I I don't. I don't know. Okay. I think I think there's only one caffeinated shampoo offering in the cycling world. And you know, I'm realizing I was saying I was thinking like, man, these sponsorships aren't very effective. And I was like, 
oh wait they're not supposed to be because we're in North America no one cares these are all yeah. European companies nobody uses caffeinated shampoo here no no they just use like a 7-in-1 toothpaste motor oil shampoo kind of deal um, so how did I do Joe I'll give you one out of five. No, I, two. No, you, two. Close enough. Two. One and a half, two out of five. Um, not bad. Oh, you had a correction, though, before we move on. Oh, yeah, I did. So <clears throat> when we did our, I think it was our fueling podcast, you know, and we were talking about um, glucose versus fructose and saying how it's like better to fuel with glucose and avoid fructose unless you're trying to really maximize the amount of sugars you bring in. And we, we said that, um, that like, that gummy bears were fructose based, they're actually glucose based. So apparently Peter Sagan actually knew what he was doing when he was eating the gummy bears after his race. Is this all gummy bears or is just is this just Haribo? <clears throat> I, I just looked, it was actually, I was just looking at our Halloween candy and there was a package of Haribos in there. And, um, and I was looking at the ingredients and wasn't it like, didn't it have like glucose syrup or I, I something don't remember, in it? Dan. You're asking yeah. as if I remember, like I didn't take notes. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, fuel your eyes with gummy bears. Okay. Yeah. There we go. There you go. Are, are we good? Correction I, issued? I, yeah. I feel corrected. Okay. So what are we talking about today? Okay. So, <clears throat> so today we're talking about strength training. No, I think you guys have all noticed we've had a, a winter training theme lately yes um last week we spoke about how to use the trainer effectively and um i really enjoyed talking about that that was fun uh today we're going to be talking about strength training so 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 strength training like like lifting yeah like lifting lifting heavy weights does like in core the gym training fall into this or are we just talking about like lifting heavy things in the gym yeah we're mostly talking about lifting healthy things in the healthy <laughs> things <laughs> <laughs> how, how many racks of Brussels sprouts can you get in here? <laughs> Slinging bags of potatoes around. And lifting heavy things. Heavy th and this is, I don't know if it's controversial, but I think like conventional entry-level cycling is like, oh, we don't lift, we're cyclists. Is it fair to say that there's kind of that, that sort so, of feeling pervades in the cycling world? So it used to because... Um, like like this the scientific studies until just recently were not able to link any performance improvements to to lifting weights um, really so this was substantial and, but that was because like that was because they were they were seeing how strength training affected your VO2 max and aerobic markers and there really was no no link to you know they weren't able to prove it that way but um you know, and in so many other sports, like like basketball players and, and a lot of other sports have been using the gym and strength training to improve their performances. And coaches were finding that, you know, athletes that spend some time in the gym were having better performances. And So, so in, in my mind, like if you're a mountain biker, and this is just very like from the outside, my, my first thought is if you're a mountain biker or maybe a cyclocross racer or something where it's really intense and there's a lot of like, you push really hard for just a second efforts that lifting would help. Is this even something that's going to help your road racer or like long distance endurance mountain biker? Or is this mostly on the kind of punchy side of the sport you're going to see an effect? Yeah, it's going to help. It's going to help cycling in general. I mean, I, I think especially mountain bike and, and, you know, because there's a lot of, a lot of punchiness and you need a strong upper body and so forth. I think that's pretty obvious. But there's there's actually huge benefits in 
in an endu- just a strictly endurance cyclist too, like a road cyclist. Um, so, so yeah, like the the short answer is, in most cases, if you're a cyclist, time in the gym is going to make you faster. So, ver- and I know this is the whole point, but like very basically, why? Okay, so. So first of all, there's some kind of traditional reasons that like coaches would recommend a cyclist spend some time in the gym. Um, and the, the kind of traditional reasons before they really discover that, yes, it actually does make you faster. Where one is, is cycling is almost strictly concentric contractions. That's just where your muscles shortening. Um, adding some eccentric movements and some isometric work. Could you define those words really quickly? So eccentric is when your muscle is being lengthened, but under force, because normally muscles just shorten, but eccentric is when your muscle is being, you're resisting it being lengthened. So, 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 um, like you have a, a dumbbell in your arm and it's curled up and you're uncurling your when arm. When you're uncurling it, that's that eccentric. Eccentric? Yeah. Okay. And cycling has like almost none of that. I was going to say that doesn't happen in cycling. No. And, um, eccentric movements are actually what, what really cause you to be sore after like a hike or running or, or lifting weights. It, it does a lot of damage to the muscle. Um, so in my mind, that's something you'd want to avoid then. Unless you want to make that muscle stronger and more durable, okay. then it's actually a good thing. Okay. So, so that kind of, um, it kind of balances some of the imbalances that you achieve through excessive time on the bike, you know? So, cause I've heard people say that they like <clears throat> cyclists are unbalanced. Like, does that just mean like strong arms or strong legs, chicken arms or like what, what is, what does unbalanced mean? Well, it kind of means like some muscles are way more dominant than others. Okay. You know, um, and, and the gym work helps to address that. But I, I also think the balancing some, some eccentric work with all the concentric work helps. It'll actually help make the muscle more durable over long, strenuous rides. Okay. That makes sense. And, and running has a similar benefit too. So that's why another reason we we're encouraging running during the season two off season two or not the off season, the awesome season, the awesome season. There you go. Did we ever come up with a better name for that? I don't know. Amy Larkin suggested one that I forgot to tell you about. What we was it? I have to dig it up. It's in it's in my Instagram or text thread with her somewhere. Okay, it's probably pretty good. It's so. well, it's better than what we came up. I'm with. I'm sure but, it is. Yeah. It wouldn't be hard. Um, another reason for for weight training is it it's it stimulates our skeletons to to be stronger. It, it stimulates our bones to be more dense. Um, and how, helps how does that, I'm, I'm sorry to catch you on every single point here, but you usually stimulate skeleton or makes your bones stronger. Cause in my mind, like your bones are just along for the ride when you're lifting or doing anything, right? They're just holding you up. How does that stimulate well, your skeleton? No. So if you're like, if you're sitting on a bike, the bike is basically holding you up. Okay. Okay. If you're like running or jumping or lifting heavy, heavy weights, it actually puts stress on the muscles, which you know, when your body is experiencing something that it's not quite equipped to handle, it figures out how to improve that thing. And it's same with the skeleton. Um, if the skeleton's under stress, your body will actually make itself, its its own skeleton stronger. And how does it, it help you on the bike if your bike's holding you up? Well, it, it helps you in life, you know, like oh, okay. <laughs> a lot of cyclists um, develop osteoporosis. Really? Yeah. And, and so... Um, heavy lifting is something that can help prevent that. So, okay. I mean, that won't directly make you faster, but 
it will make you healthier in the long run. So that's okay. No, that's, that's, that's kind of cool. Um, it strengthens your connective tissues. Okay. Um, and that actually can make you faster too, um, especially with in terms of like sprints and really punchy type movements. Having having really um, strong and tight connective tissue is going to improve. What some are your connective tissues again? Like your ligaments, your tendons. Okay. Yeah. Which are things that are, are kind of injury prone. Is that like a problem with cyclists is like, you're not developing connective tissues, but you're developing a lot of fitness. So you go out and well, they're, they're <clears> you're <throat> just developing this really awesome, awesome motor and kind of putting it in a car that can't handle it kind of thing. You you're know? taking like a, a V12 Ferrari engine and sticking it in an old Chevy Cavalier kind of a deal? Yeah. yeah okay. Basically. No, that makes so. sense. Okay. It'll still go fast, but it could go faster. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and, and increasing your, just, just increasing your muscle mass a little bit can also help prevent injuries. Um, like if, if Chris Froome crashes, he's probably going to break something, right? I, I would imagine so. Yeah. No. You know, but if Nino crashes, he's probably going to roll away from something's going to break. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right? They're yeah. kind of like a Chuck Norris joke. <laughs> yeah, we should start doing like Nino, jo like substituting Nino right. for Chuck Norris. Okay, I come back next week with some Nino jokes. Okay. We'll, okay. All right. So, yeah, so it does, like, if, if you have a little bit of muscle on your skeleton. And I have to gonna, ask, like, yeah. is, this, is this going to benefit, like, like older, more mature riders in particular? More so than young riders. Okay, because that makes sense yeah. to me, that, like, some of those things that are going to, like, break down in the long term. So, like, if you're, like, the 50-plus crowd, this is especially important. Oh, right? especially, yeah. Yeah, strength training is more important for age group and, and master's athletes than it is for youth athletes. So, if you're an old guy like me and you're listening, let's, uh, let's start hitting the gym. So yeah, it definitely because yeah, you're you're you you naturally lose muscle as you age, and um, so it's super important that that our older athletes do strength training. So I so this actually increases your performance on the bike though. Like if you go to the gym, you will be faster. We feel confident saying that now. Yes, for sure. But for some people, more than others. Okay, so like who who what are are like categories here of like it's especially so you said masters athletes is especially going to help. Who else? Yeah. And then, you know, there's some people kind of like, you know, like you and me where we're naturally quite strong. Yeah. Um, you know, we probably would have been better quarterbacks and yes, you know, than, probably true. Yeah. Then, then cyclists somehow we just chose a, a sport that we like because it's fun. But, um, but yeah, you know, there's, we're, we're naturally quite strong, so it might not benefit us as much as some as other. much yeah but it still is still definitely there's still huge benefits okay that makes sense um you know and one la you know one benefit before we start talking about how it actually makes you faster because i know that's what everyone cares about is it just adds variety too no that's you know? fair because like i think if you're just riding every day in the summer and then spinning every day in the winter and then riding every day in the summer and spinning every day that's probably for most people isn't like a great recipe for long-term cycling success. Yeah. And, and like what you do in the gym is just so different than what you do on the bike. It adds a lot of variety, but it's variety that really, really complements our cycling. Well, so you're, you're adding variety, but it's very, very beneficial. So it's great variety to add to. So, okay. That makes sense. Um, yeah. Joe Frill said that, you know, the, the strength training is the most important cross training a cyclist can do, which is easy 
to back him on that, you know. So. Yeah, okay. And there's like pretty good science backing this up, or at least if not science, like good anecdotal, like you know, most professional cyclists lift some amount these days. Yeah, and in fact, it's almost not even debatable whether or not strength training will make you faster. It absolutely will, and there's there's just so much science, and it's it's actually pretty easy science to back that up now. Okay. It's I don't think there's a coach out there that wouldn't recommend strength training during the off season. What is kind of debatable and there's, there's different de- opinions on this is whether it's beneficial during the season or not. Okay. Cause it is, it's hard on your body, right? Like if you've got a race on Saturday, you probably shouldn't be lifting on, on Tuesday, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we'll kind of talk about that. Um, you know, I've kind of got my opinion on that, that, but yeah, but as far as like lifting during the off season, it's not even debatable. You should do it and it will make you faster. And unless, and there's a little caveat, unless you don't have time. I mean, if you're only training, you know, if you only have like six to eight hours a week to train, you might be better off doing aerobic training. Now that makes sense. But like for, for the pros, like Kate Courtney on her Instagram, she's lifting all the time. Yeah. You know, most pros are. Yeah. And, 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 you know, but they're also training like, you know, 15, 20, 25 hours a week, you know, and, and spending two to three hours a week lifting. If you're already riding 20 hours a week, isn't, you know, you're still getting plenty of riding in. If you're only training eight hours a week and you spend two of that lifting, it might not be as bad. You, you know, you're, you might be more benefit benefited by spending that time riding. So. That, 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 that's fair. But like, if you have the ideal training circumstances, lifting's going to fit into it. Absolutely. If you're training 10 to 15 hours a week, um, lifting will make you faster. Okay. How much lifting? If you uh, have 10 to 15 hours a week, probably not 14 hours of, of lifting. Like, yeah. And it's, it's, it's like, a, it really ends up being like a couple hours a week. Okay. It's not much. So not like a yeah. huge amount, just a bit. Yeah. And we'll kind of talk about like actually programming it in little towards the end. Um, <clears throat> right now I kind of want to just talk about like how it actually makes you faster on the bike because I just mentioned some, some ways that like lifting makes you kind of a better athlete in general and a better healthier human, but not necessarily. Cause you said it does not improve your VO two max. It does not. Yeah. It does, it does not improve your aerobic, aerobic abilities yeah. at all. Yeah. Uh, lifting weights is anaerobic. Okay. Completely anaerobic. And, um, but some things that it does that actually makes you faster is it decreases coactivation. Okay, please explain. And, and coactivation sometimes, when when you're contracting a muscle, there might be an opposing muscle that is is resisting that contraction. Is kind of opposing it. Hmm. And um, and and strength training and and also like a lot of like bike drills like on the trainer and stuff can help decrease coactivation. So you're basically getting your muscles so they don't fight against themselves. Because if you have one muscle trying to do one thing and another muscle that's kind of opposing that, your your net power is less. And by training your muscles properly, it decreases the coactivation. Why do our bodies do that? That seems odd. Like what what's the benefit like from an evolutionary standpoint of having your muscles work that way? You know, I don't know, but by but by training and becoming more coordinated, you know, that's one of the things that makes us smoother and more coordinated is, is when you know, we're able to train ourselves not to do that anymore. Okay. Which, you know, 
Fair enough. Which basically <laughs> makes us more efficient. Okay. Um, you're, you're, you're reducing your body's like you, you're making so your body doesn't slow you down. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. You know, like an example of this is like, you know, we'll talk about pedal stroke later, you know, but like when you're, when you're pushing down with one pedal, hopefully your other foot is kind of lifting up a little bit okay. or at least unweighting itself. So it's not, it's not impeding the motion of the pedal that's actually putting it. All of the force you're producing is going to driving you forward. Yeah. Which is it's a kind whole, of, yeah, your other foot's just trying to get out of the way. Yeah, the, the, the world of efficiency is like a measurement of, because it's always like measuring power, measuring how air you are, measuring how efficient you are is kind of the new thing that's in vogue with the rise of companies like ceramic speed and stuff on the bikes. It's interesting. Yeah. I didn't realize that played into the physiological And, and we are very, in this, we could do a whole podcast on efficiency and economy, but we are very inefficient. You know, only like, only about 20% of the, of the, energy we're using actually goes into the pedals. Wow. Really? Yeah. And the, and most of it just goes off into heat. Yeah. Um, but if yeah. like car engines are that way too, that like almost all of the, the energy produced by like an internal combustion engine turns into heat, right? Is it kind of the same deal with your body? Yeah. Yeah. So if you can like make yourself just a couple percent more efficient, that's going to translate into a lot of speed. Okay. Fair enough. So, um, <clears throat> So, so strength training, it, it actually can strengthen our slow twitch muscles. And if our slow twitch muscles are stronger, we can use them longer. Okay. You know. Why, how does it strengthen your slow twitch? Cause it seems like that's a fast twitch thing you're doing, right? Like lifting, you know, like doing a deadlift is a fast twitch activity, well, isn't it? That depends which, which motor units are recruited. And we'll kind of talk about that in a second. I'm skipping ahead again. Sorry. You're, you're good at that. Okay. <laughs> No, but yeah, it, it does actually strengthen our slow. And a lot of people think that it's strictly like a fast twitch type thing, but you're actually strengthening your slow twitch muscles when, when you're doing gym work. Oh, cause um, like it, it, again, it's intuitive in my head that like Justin Williams wants to lift because he needs to have a ridiculous sprint at the end of a crit. But like, if you're Chris Froome trying to win the tour, it, it probably isn't a big deal, but you're kind of telling that like your slow twitch muscles or, or, or groups are going to yeah. benefit from lifting. And, and on that subject, I honestly think Chris Froome needs it more than Justin Williams does. Ooh, because, hot take. <clears throat> just because Justin Williams was genetically... Was gifted. probably born pretty strong. Okay. Yeah, and Chris Froome was born like really, you know, slow twitch dominant. And, okay. you know, and I think that, you know, they're, they both can benefit from it. They're just going to benefit from it from for different reasons and in different okay. ways. You that know, makes but, enough sense, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So another cool thing that, that time in the gym is going to do is it actually will convert your really fast twitch, your type two X muscles into the more mid twitch type two B muscles that, that, um, that just have better endurance than the, it will the, convert your muscles. It will actually help. change it, your muscles from fast to slow twitch. Yeah. And, and really with training, that's one of the biggest goals with training is converting faster twitch muscles into slower twitch muscles just because they have they're more durable they have better endurance so this is a tricky question i don't know if you can answer this but i like, probably can't i'm looking <laughs> we'll, we'll try i'm like looking at my thigh muscle here is the entire muscle a faster slow twitch muscle or are there slow twitch fibers and fast twitch fibers that make up a single muscle mm -hmm. and you're changing which like the distribution of fibers yeah yeah basically um for any doctors or physiologists <laughs> listening to this, if just please. No, and we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about motor unit groups. Give and us stuff. grace as we try to like explain but, anatomical concepts here. Um, but yeah, and, and different muscles have, have or 
have a higher concentration of certain types of fibers, but there are different muscle groups within, within okay. each muscle. Yeah. Okay. Um, but really what, what it all comes down to, the reason that spending time in the gym makes you faster really comes into improving your efficiency. Okay. And, and, and probably a better term for it is economy. Um, so most, most of the benefits that, that you gain from strength work is from motor unit recruitment. And so what that is, basically you're just, you're teaching yourself how to use your muscles better, if that makes any sense. Okay. Because that's not something you decide how your muscles work. They just, you run up the hill and your muscles work as they're going to work to get you up the hill, right? But there are things that you, so your, your kind of pitch here is that there are things that you can do, exercises that you can do that are going to change how your body runs, essentially. Yeah. You just are knowing, you're teaching yourself to use your muscles better. Okay. Which is actually going to make you stronger. So, so what a motor unit is, is, so there's, there's a motor unit consists of, there's these motor neurons, which these motor neurons are attached to different muscle fibers. So yeah, let's back up. So like neurons, like in your brain, in your spinal cord. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, and, and these different motor neurons are attached to different fibers. Now, for instance, like, um, like muscles that like control, like your eyes or your fingers, these motor neurons are only going to have a few muscle fibers attached to them. Okay. Because they're responsible for very delicate and precise movements. Okay. Um, like they, like they only have like four or five muscle fibers attached to them. Really? But some of the motor neurons in our legs and our arms are going to have thousands of muscle fibers attached to them. Cause like your leg does a pretty blunt single movement. It goes up or down, right? Mm -hmm. Like, but your with like your eyelids, like you said, your fingers are going to be, um, like almost completely different things, even though it's like, they're both muscles technically, but it's, it's kind of like how blunt the instrument it, is. Essentially, yeah, exactly. Right? Okay. And, but, but even like within like a muscle group, there's, there's several different, um, motor neurons that are controlling different groups of, of fibers. And, um, you know, and initially when you start to recruit them, you'll start to recruit kind of the smaller motor units, but then as you need more and more power, it's going to start to recruit bigger motor units and more motor units. And, um, and so like, for instance, you know, if you're like, if you're picking up a pencil, it's only going to recruit some of the smaller motor units and, and, and it, you know, so you can like pick up the pencil gently. If you're picking up like, you know, a 150 pound weight, it's going to recruit as many as it can, you know, but if it used that, if it used the same number of, of motor units to pick up the pencil, you know, you'd like throw the pencil when you pick it up or punch yourself or something, you know? So, so what's the importance of like, uh, these, these motor units? Why, why does that matter for a cyclist? Well, the, the being able to recruit more of them is going to is going to basically make it so you have more power available, basically, and you have better control of that muscle too. Now, one thing, um, you know, when when you're recruiting these motor units, your body will like there, there's something called like um, 
motor unit summation where it recruits some units and then you know and then it'll recruit others and then as those are fatigued it'll recruit others and kind of keeps cycling through your muscle to help um, make it so you can endure that effort longer and better um, also like when you're <clears throat> like say you're making like a slow movement it'll like slowly recruit one group and then slowly recruit another group and then slowly whereas if you're moving fast it'll quickly recruit those different groups to to make you move fast versus slow and it's it's really quite quite fascinating how it all works um, <clears throat> but but time in the gym helps it so you can because even like if you're lifting like the most weight you can possibly do you're probably only using about a third of your motor units in that particular muscle at a time so why do you have the other two-thirds because of that that motor unit summation it kind of keeps cycling through those oh, okay so you're using yeah. the kind of you, oh that makes sense so you could if you use them all at once if you use them all at once you could lift up a car oh okay and that's like those stories you hear about moms lifting cars off their kids that just your body has the ability to do that yeah you're probably going to break something when you do right it, you your know, back's but, probably going to snap and that's probably never yeah. something we'll be able to so maybe there's like a 5,000 watt sprint inside all of us if you know our lives ever depended on it yeah yeah so basically in the gym you're just training yourself to be able to recruit these motor units better and more efficiently and <clears throat> yeah okay it, so I I have to ask because the big concern that's on everybody's mind and that I, I hear people say all the time is like oh if I went to the gym I just get too big for cycling. I've said that before, just like, oh, I'm already big. I don't need to go. Or, oh, I'm small and I want to have a great watts per kilo number. Like, is, could you speak to those concerns? Yeah, and that is a huge concern. Um, it, it, it definitely is a concern. And, and things have to be done correctly or that can be an issue. Okay. But it doesn't have to be. So, so again, let me just reemphasize, most of the benefit we get from the gym is is through being able to recruit motor units better. Okay. Um, that's why you can become like when you start working out in the gym, you can become a whole lot stronger, but not bigger because you're recruiting motor units better. So that's and, like the golden thing is a cyclist is chasing. Cause most people go to the gym because their, their ex broke up with them and they want to get ripped and look yeah. great. Right. But like for a cyclist, you're basically thinking I want as much strength as I can have without putting an extra ounce of weight on my frame. Right? And that's that's extreme. I think for most people, that's pro most people probably aren't that worried about it. And I think it is generally an overblown concern. Like you're not gonna get, just go to the gym, you'll be fine. You're not gonna turn into Hulk overnight, you know? Um, but that is kind of the ideal, right? That you wanna be as strong as you can without getting Absolutely. super jacked, right? Yeah, yeah, your goal, our goal is to basically improve our motor unit recruitment rather than hypertrophy. So is it is it that you're going to lift differently or lift more or less to, to achieve that? Yeah, kind of. So both. Okay. Yes. Right. Um, so let me just kind of explain something real quick. Um, so there's a <clears throat> there's different pathways that our body uses to adapt to stress and workouts and and so forth. So the pathway um, for hypertrophy is it's called mTOR and it stands for something really sciencey sounding which I don't even know what it is but it's it's just called mTOR mTOR if you want to look it up 
but um, that's the pathway that makes our, you know, when you, when you talk about getting ripped, you know, when you do muscle damage and your muscles get bigger and grow, that's the pathway for muscle growth. So you, you use the word hypertrophy. Is that the opposite of atrophy? Like your yes. muscles are growing at, so trophy is growing, atrophy or atrophy is muscles shrinking. Yes, atrophy is your muscles shrinking. Okay, got it. So, um, so this this mTOR is active for about two hours. No, about twenty four. Excuse me, about twenty four hours after after you've stimulated it. Okay. Okay. So after you've done, you know, after you've you've gone to the gym and lifted really really hard and tore your muscles that's active for about 24 hours. So the pathway that improves our, our aerobic abilities um, is called AMPK, which, which is a pathway leading to, to PGC1-alpha. Um, and, and I understood none of that last sentence. So, so it's, it's just a different pathway. The, like the, the AMP path, AMPK pathway is the pathway that like increases our mitochondria density and and makes improvements to our capillary densities and all those things that make us faster. Okay, aerobically. Aerobically. Okay. Okay. This is a whole different ballgame, is what you're saying. So it's a, yeah, it's a completely different pathway, um, and this pathway is only active for you know like a few hours after you complete the workout. Okay, I'm so sorry to keep derailing you. When you say pathway, what do you mean by that? Uh, so that's really complicated, but it's basically just a bunch of chemical reactions and protein synthesis and stuff that, that cause adaptations in these areas. So like a, a different process, basically. Yeah, it's a different process. Okay. Um, so our body favors the AMPK and the PGC1 alpha pathways over the mTOR pathway. So it favors the aerobic pathway it, it, over the anaerobic it does. pathway. So what happens if if you stimulate the AMPK pathway after you've stimulated the mTOR pathway, it basically disrupts the mTOR pathway. So to, so to put that into plain English, if you stimulate the aerobic process after you have stimulated the anaerobic process, it is going to not anaerobic process, but the, sorry, so say that say that correctly for me. The mTOR process, the mTOR process, which is the hypertrophy okay. process. Yeah, that makes sense. So, what, so basically, world, what basically, to, to say it really simply, is aerobic work will shut off hypertrophy. You could have just said that the first time, Joe. I know. I'm sorry. I you like sounding smart. It's no, okay. I don't. I I, yeah. So don't so, worry. You don't sound smart. It's I know. Fine. I you don't have to worry about that. Yeah. So so if you combine aerobic work with strength work, you're not going to get big. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. So if you just went to the gym, if you did 15 hours a week at the gym, instead of a mix of gym spending running, then you could be looking at more bodybuilders yeah. results if, instead of the cycling ones. We if want. you guys want to get big and you want to get swole, go to the gym, lift heavy weights until you tear your muscles and then go sit around on the couch the rest of the day. Okay. Okay. I've heard for cyclists so that you want to lift heavy and that like for bodybuilders, you want to do more reps at a lower weight. Is that all? Is that a thing? Or yeah. Wrong? Yeah. When, and we're going to talk about programming it in just a second, but you're exactly okay. right there. Um, all right. But yeah, so, <clears throat> so this would be, so from what I've just kind of explained, this would be a good argument for like, you know, when you, when you are doing strength training, I would do your strength training first. 
Oh, okay. And then do your aerobic training shortly after. So go to Wukar and then spin after, basically. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that makes sense. And you, what was the t- kind of time frame you were talking about there? Well, the the tour is around like active for about twenty four hours. So you could lift on Tuesday, spin on Wednesday. It's not well, like no, that, I would probably do it somewhat shortly after, just so okay. you don't have as much time for for your muscles to to okay. grow. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, what a weird you know, thing we're the doing thing, here, The thing like. that's funny is like most the the bodybuilding advice that you get is very different from what we're giving. You know, we're like, wait, careful, you'll get swole if you do yeah. this. You know, like make sure you go and spin after you so you don't yeah, get swole. Yeah, so you don't get that you know? beach body. You so don't like want if this that. was a bodybuilding podcast, we'd be like, go and lift and then don't you dare do anything aerobic after, basically, yeah. right? But if you want to be fast on a bike, you lift so you get all the motor unit recruitment benefits, which makes you strong but not big. You know? Don't worry, everybody. You'll still look weird and bad after this, okay? Nobody's <laughs> nobody's going to be at risk of, of picking up hot people at the beach. We'll, you'll be fine, okay? Yeah, you still have your weird, spindly, shaved bodies and you know awful tan lines and everything. We're not. We're not, nobody here is at risk for looking good. Don't worry. Yeah, if if you do strength training without aerobic training, it won't make you faster. That is a very definitive statement. So just to say that again. If you do strength, say that again. Just if you do strength training without aerobic training concurrently, this, it's called concurrent training. Okay, it will not make you faster. It will not make you faster. In fact, it kind of undoes a lot of the things you want to do from riding your bike a lot. If you do strength training without aerobic training, it's going to convert your, you know, it's going to convert your slow twitch to more fast twitch muscles. Um, yeah, so. So yeah, you definitely want, in, in fact, all the studies that have, have shown that, um, that strength training improves your, your, makes you faster on the bike, they're always done concurrently. Oh, okay, that makes sense, so, okay. Yeah, um, but yeah, as we mentioned earlier, you know, like there's some people that are gonna be- benefit more than this, than others, you know, but it, there's still benefits for just about everybody. Um, the thing that, that is somewhat debatable is whether this should be done all season or not. Definitely, um, definitely for like for two months, about two months during the off season, there's just no question about it. It's beneficial to do strength training. There, there's just a lot of different opinion, uh, differing opinions on if it's beneficial during the actual race season once you start like your high intensity training. So, so tell me, like, lay out the two basic camps. Lay out the you should lift during the race season camp and lay out the you should not lift during the race season camp. What are their arguments and then which do you think is more convincing? Okay, so the, the people that think that you, should, that you should lift just during the off season and then discontinue it once you get into high intensity interval training and racing is, and it's, it's true that um, the weight training does interfere with aerobic adaptations. Okay. Um, you know, and, uh, and it is, I mean, it does make you sore and tired. And so sometimes, you know, they think it might lessen the quality of some of your hard work and so okay. forth. Um, the, the, the camp that wants you to continue doing it throughout the season is basically a lot of the adaptations you make from strength training can be lost in four to five weeks. Oh, okay. You know, and so, so my stance on it is I think it should be maintained, but at the minimum effective dose, like almost try to find out as little as possible as you can do to maintain it. Um, you know, 
But but to be clear, what you're saying here is you want to see your athletes lifting in July. Yes, but like, you know, we'll talk more about programming in a second. But, you know, if they do it like twice a week during the off season, um, I would say during during once they're into the maintenance phase, um, once a week at max and they would be easier workouts with with fewer sets. Okay. And if they skip, a, like if there's, if it's a race week, you skip it. So it almost kind of gets to a point where it might be every other week. Once every other week is the kind of rough amount you should be chasing. Yeah. You know, if you don't have a race or, you know, that week it's, I don't see why not really. How much harm is there in just throwing it out altogether then from your point of view? You know, I think that you, I think it's better to maintain it. Okay. Um, I think that. Because most people don't do that. I can't think of anybody I know on the team who currently is lifting at all in May through November. Like Isaac and Joe Cochran do. Oh, really? Do yeah. they? Okay. Well, that's a that's a great endorsement for doing that. that yeah, day. exactly. See, I didn't know that. I didn't, yeah. I didn't realize there were people who were lifting at all. This kind of seemed, because I know that it's become more popular in the past few years for people to do, like, like for us around here, it's a Wukar or whatever. You're kind of strength training in the winter, but I didn't realize there were people. Do you think like a lot of the top varsity guys are lifting in the summer? Um... I don't know. I think a lot of, I, mean, I think it's getting more and more popular. And, and I think another advantage of it too is like once the off season rolls around again or the awesome season rolls around again. Um, it doesn't get better. Oh, gosh. I, <laughs> I, yeah. That's not growing on me. I don't okay. know the opposite. It's shrinking on me. Okay. But once that rolls around again, um, you don't have the same amount of soreness when you, when you start it up again, you still have a lot of that form and so yeah, I think it's good to maintain, but you really do need to make it the absolute minimum effective dose. And I would probably err on the side of caution. Okay. But you know, yeah. When in doubt, throw One, it out. Well, once once a week, but if you skip a week, that's fine. Okay. So like, like practically speaking though, how do you include this? Okay. So I'm gonna try to make this really, really simple. Um, so you wanna plan on about at most I would say two months worth of focusing on strength training when you're focusing on strength training you're gonna do it twice a week okay okay and those two times a week that, that you're doing strength training that's gonna count as your hard bike workout okay so all the work you do on the bike during this time should be sub threshold if not easy riding okay so you're not doing hard nothing you know, like nothing hard on the bike during this period interesting so it would yeah. be a mistake to do two days of lifting and then uh, like two days of hard riding as well yeah i would say um if you're only riding twice a week you could probably do two days of sweet spot okay but i wouldn't do anything hard during this time and again is that because what's like the, the reasoning is it just like is that's just too much or like well you know if you do your strength training right you're not going to want to ride your bike hard oh so like being able to ride your bike hard is a sign that your strength training is not yeah i would think so thing. yeah you should be you should be adequately sore if it's kind of like it, it's impossible to do seven days of intervals a week like every day is intervals because then zero days are intervals you're not doing them right if you can yeah do them that often right okay, exactly yeah so um so after the two months, you're going to reduce to like the main, the maintenance level that we kind of talked about. And the thing is, is you're going to find that most of the, the strength gains, the noticeable strength gains that you're going to get are going to happen in those two months. 
Okay. Beyond that, it's it's going to be kind of diminishing returns anyway if you kept trying to build from that. So you really only need about two months at most and then just go into maintaining it from that point on. So like we said, you're going to do it about twice a week and do it, pair it with easy aerobic riding. So, um, <clears throat> so how your workouts are going to, you're going to work, going to look is throughout that, throughout that two month period, you're going to do five sets of each lift. And then you're going to rest for a couple minutes between each set. No, your sets are going to change from when you begin your program until the end. And when you start them out, you're going to want each set is going to have like a lot of reps. Okay. Like you're going to have like, you're going to start out around, you're going to figure out about how much weight would wear you out if you did about 20, uh, 20 reps. Okay. Okay. And so your sets at first are going to be, um, sets of 20 reps. And then as that, as that season progresses, you're going to get down to a point where you're doing really, really heavy lifting but only doing about four to maybe five reps per set. And the reason for that is when you're doing the, you know, during the time when you're doing like the 20 reps, you're really just trying to get to work on form and, and learning to do it safely without putting a whole lot of weight on. Cause that's your biggest concern is not. Yeah, as I say, cause like going to the gym is dangerous. Yeah. Like lifting is dangerous. It's, yeah. it's not something, it's something that people do lightly and that's, you shouldn't, you know, like it's that you can get some pretty hideous injuries in the gym, right? Yeah. So you don't want to start out lifting your, you know, your four rep max or something yeah. right from the, you want to start out with the, a little bit less weight while you really try to perfect your form, make sure you're not experiencing any, I mean, there's difference between soreness and pain, right? you know, soreness from your, your muscles being worked versus an actual injury that you're causing on yourself. So you really are just practicing your form at the beginning. And then as, as you perfect that, you start gradually transitioning to fewer reps, but at much, much higher weight. Because as, as our perennial uh, cycling strength training expert, Art O'Connor would say like, no pride lifting, you know, or what, what is it like? Um, uh, there's a funny saying I've heard people say before, but like, this is almost why I think it's a mistake to like go and do a class with your friends. Cause like, you'll be tempted to like, Oh, well look how, and I'm totally guilty of this. Like, Oh, look how much weight I can throw around. When in reality, like that's probably not shouldn't probably be what's you. driving your numbers. Yeah. yeah. Don't hurt yourself people, please. <laughs> so ultimately your goal, your goal though, is to get to a point where you're lifting really, really heavy and only about four to five reps. And then you would do about five sets of that. And then, you know, the types of lifts you should do. And, and I would suggest, you know, unless you're, you know, if you can do Wukar, I think that's excellent. Art has an app that you can, you can do at home and he'll, they'll have like videos and demonstrations on how to do the different lifts and whatnot. Or I would also suggest watching several different YouTube videos just to make sure you're getting the form right and you're doing these safely. Um, do them with somebody I'd say too, from a safety perspective, like probably don't do these alone. I, I think is, is good general advice. Yeah. But some good general workouts too are going to be squats, deadlifts, um, some box steps where you're kind of working with like single legs at a time is, is good and some lunges. 
Pretty simple stuff. Pretty like, simple stuff. Don't yeah. like, there's so many people that try to overcomplicate lifting or like, I've seen it on Instagram all the time where like people are doing like three different lifting things at once. And that's like, you might even see pro cyclists do like them doing some kind of like lift or squat on like a, on like a, on like a ball. Like don't just yeah, don't. focus <laughs> on the basics. Those there's, there's, you know, you're not an influencer. Don't ever yeah, become those one. things are just kind of fun to show on Instagram. Yeah. Not actually helping you. Yeah. You know, and Art will be doing live classes this year. Uh, that's an awesome opportunity if you can do it, because mm-hmm. he'll naturally kind of progress you through a well thought out program that. Um, I'd it, like to endorse. Those classes are yeah. amazing. Yeah, They're it is an investment. So They're not good. cheap, but no, but you're paying for an expert. Yeah, he's, yeah. I mean, he's, whatever he's the art, best of the best. Whatever Art charges is a fair price. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then after you do after you do your strength workout. Um, you know, you're going to be tired. You're going to be sore, but then you can do some easier core type workouts. Um, we'll talk more about core workouts later, but we'll milk a whole episode out. of Yeah, that. exactly. Worry, I don't want to go too far into that right now. Yeah. So that's basically, you know, you're just safely progressing until you're doing fewer, but harder lifts and heavier lifts with good form. Makes enough sense. Um, it, and I do I'm really quick. I know we're kind of long, but like I have one less kind of major question here. Like, um, uh, I've heard people talk about like high force, low cadence work on the bike. Do you have any comment there? Well, yeah. Um, and, and this is something I used to think you could kind of like kind of lift weights on the bike. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't work, even though it seems like you're putting a ton of force into the pedals. That, Cause that's what I was asking is like that. It's like, that's like the, a cheat code here, but that's not, it's not the same thing, right? It's really not. And even though you, even though it feels like you are, but just think about it, like, the hardest hill around here is probably Rattlesnake Gulch, right? Eh, sure. Okay, we'll say it is. That's the hardest sure. hill. For okay, yeah. I've never cleaned it. I've come so close. But right, fair enough. Okay. Yeah, so it's it's just, you know, riding up Rattlesnake Gulch, why do you think your cadence is like maybe 50 RPM? Go on a good day if you're lucky. Yeah. I'm running a 34 ring right now, and that needs to change. <laughs> yeah, so if you're climbing Rattlesnake Gulch, you're probably getting the equivalent of about like, 1500 reps up rattlesnake gulch picture if you went into the gym and mm. did 1500 reps it, it would it couldn't be with very much weight it couldn't be with any weight i don't yeah. think you could do like those would be body weight i don't think best. you could do 1500 body weight reps. i've never thought of it like this before yeah huh. so because i was always like oh this is this is, i feel like i do after i'm lifting but really it's not it's it's, not it's the different same thing. no no climbing up rattlesnake is going to make you very durable right and it's going to really help your muscular endurance. But it is not the same as lifting. But it's not the same as lifting. It's not going to necessarily make you stronger. Because even if you're doing like a huge, like a 1500 watt sprint, even that probably isn't quite the same as lifting, right? It, it's really not. Hmm. And the interesting thing on the converse side is like lifting weights doesn't burn a whole lot of calories. Which is, is so funny to me. Well, not funny. It's kind of sad when people think like, oh, my doctor says I need to lose weight. Time to go lift weights at the gym, right? Like that is a, an incredibly well, efficient way. Well, it is. It, it, it does improve your metabolism. Okay. And your body composition. Like the more muscle mass you have, the more efficient, you, like the better you're going to keep weight off. Okay. By, you know, like the better your muscle, your body if, composition. If, if your goal is to burn calories. Yeah. You're not, it it's not so much the list. burning calories while you're lifting the weight. It's, it's the oh, more okay. that your body composition. Gosh, look is, at me sounding like an idiot on a microphone again. Wow. <laughs> it's not a good feeling folks. But, um, so after, you know, after about that two month period and that's, I'd say at most, um, you're going to go into like maintenance mode 
where, you know, when you're in maintenance mode, you know, like we said earlier, you know, it's maybe going to be once a week, maybe skip some weeks. One really important thing to help you maintain some of your strength gains is, is your diet, like make, making sure you're getting enough protein, especially leucine, you know, which you can get in like chicken, milk, eggs, you know, it's, um, but again, you know, I just want to reemphasize that aerobic work still is the priority. Right. Yeah. Like you should lift, but not all like lift. Lifting is the seasoning on your training, right? Is that a good yes, way to put it? Yes, that's a like, good way to put you, it. You wouldn't just like eat a bottle of cayenne pepper, but you know, it can, it can help elevate the chili you're eating. Is that metaphor that's for a torture? Re- no, I like that one. That's actually pretty there good. There you go. Right. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. It's cause, like my, cause my, I know a lot of kids that took the Wukar classes during the winter right. and didn't do anything else. And Cor- guess what? They didn't get faster. Yeah, like like me, right? Like I did the Wukar classes and then just like life got in the way and I didn't lift. Yeah, you, you know, know, you might have got stronger. Right, they're still you, good for me. But and like, then lose it in four weeks. But well, there you go, yeah. You know, but you, you still need to prioritize aerobic work. Okay, no, that makes enough sense. So yeah, all of you gym rats hoping you had an easy out here, you still need to ride the bike. Yeah, Sorry, guys. So. Or run. Or run. Or run. Yeah. Any, any other notes that we didn't cover here? You know, I think that's just about we it. We feel good about it. If anybody has any questions, you know where to send them. Um, uh, uh, yeah. like Go have fun in the gym, but don't get hurt, please. please. Please don't get hurt. Don't you dare get hurt. I've seen I've seen teenagers, oh, especially I've, teenagers. I've hurt myself. So, yeah. yeah. Don't get hurt. Let us know if you have any questions. And uh, um, uh, yeah, talk to you guys next week.